Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash have a drink show. It's not safe. It's a sword. They're not meant to be safe. But she's a child. It's educational. What if she cuts herself? That will be an important lesson. You learn along with us about what you drink. I'm Brittany D. Walker. I'm Justin Fraser. And I'm Christopher Walker. Hey guys. Hello. <laughs> How's everything going? Yeah, it's a bit better. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I uh, guess we'll go ahead and what we've been doing. I've been away from home again for a week for work, and I get to come home to sick child again. Uh, bronchiolitis again. Only this time, at least we're not in the hospital yet. Uh, he's home. We have to do breathing treatments. Super fun. With a, like a big nebulizer thing. and He's on a Tylenol Motrin uh, alternating schedule. That's I know that schedule. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, he's not feeling well. Uh, I've seen a couple pictures. Yeah. He, he looks sleepy. Oh god, he he had like kind of a nap today, so like he was cranky as all get out and would not want to eat anything by the end. Of, so he has he's been asleep for a while now and hasn't moved. <laughs> <sighs> well, uh, what have you been up to? <laughs> uh, not much. Uh, went and watched Star Wars, but you can't talk to anybody about Just it because no nobody else has seen it yet. So look, we're we're trying to set up a date night to where we're going to get to go see it on the third, because then we can officially have well, we can have days off before then from work because our vacation days reset. But Brittany has a crappy work schedule. Like they're they're changing all of our systems at work. Yeah, I have to be and there. The her first department day back. is like first on the chopping block and it, they're, how they're doing this is the dumbest way you could ever think a company could do something it's literally sink or swim there's like hey guess what this program you've been doing everything on it's going away on the first they're like the 31st will be the last day it is in operation and the first your department has to jump in oh do we get to practice no, we, no we're <laughs> getting to practice it's just that half of the time when we practice like They've only just now added some, like, very key features, and it's, like, a week away. It's like, um... <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that does not make things 
No, and we're still easier or fun. And we're still so we're learning a new system at the same time that we're going to be using all the other systems that we use. It's just it's replacing one of the like five that we have to use to function daily. And now they have to take that one, the new one, uh, which isn't. I'm going to assume it doesn't really work with the others the exact same way the old one did. So you got to try and Frankenstein it together, just like the old ones were, and that's why we were moving to this new system because everything was Frankenstein together. <laughs> And it didn't really work for yeah. a billion-dollar company. Yeah. So we're just going to rebuild the exact same thing from the ground up. No big deal. <laughs> so it's been I'm a great time, and I'm really excited for next week when we don't have to work as often. <laughs> I will say uh, one, Christmas. <laughs> one positive thing that has come out of uh, the last week is uh, I, I guess it, Casey has inadvertently handed down the title. I am become the liquor fairy. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. You've been dropping off, dropping off beer everywhere I, you go. I, I've been a different kind of hog father. Uh, went to sent to sent some stuff to Alaska. Sent some stuff to New Mexico. Dropped off a package in Lexington. Uh, we there was a discussion when I got home. It was like. Did, did Chris forget there was a second door he could have just put it behind? And I went, I, I'm certain he was just in a hurry. I was in a hurry and also couldn't remember if that was the building. So right. I was like, I, <laughs> I was sitting there in my uncertainty because you hadn't responded yet after it sent the message. And that this was like literally when we're like Emmett's fever is spiking and like everything. Oh, you're, like, yeah. No, was it like, was I'm fine. Good. We were just, there There was this thing of like, did he forget that? I was like, he was probably in a hurry. I, I, I didn't care. It was just, I saw it when I came in. I was like, okay, now we slowly bend down. <laughs> I debated in my head. I was like, I could try and open this door. It was like, because I'm sitting here going, I'm like 80% sure this is the right door. Yeah. On the off 20% chance it's not, I don't want someone calling the cops. I was like, right. so I'm, I was like, I put it in this bag. And it was like, there's no one coming up to the third floor. I was like, and it's yeah, in a Kroger no. bag, so no one's going to. <laughs> There's a reason I don't lock the first front door I have. It's just because I'm like, no, if you, you're trying to rob us, you really gotta want it. And to be fair, that first door is easy to bypass. All you gotta do is swing out across the balcony. <laughs> yeah, it's not secure. <laughs> it's a weird setup. It's uh, neat, but it's weird. It's weird. It's it's nice. Like during the summer, when you get up, you know, you step outside. You go, oh, look, there's a little. Don't have to go too far to. Yeah, whatever. Well, speaking uh, of neat but weird, uh, I think we've got beers. I think we do. Oh. And, uh, we've got a few of them. I guess, I, I don't know, do we want to play a sounder as we start into this? or I guess which, a... what What do we want to... Let's just screw it all up and let's start with the first one that we're drinking. The, the what we're drinking. Or that. Whatever. Yeah. Drink with me, friend. All right. <laughs> He just looks at me and thinks that I understand what he's trying to get at, and I'm like, I don't. What? I mean, I mean, I do, but you know. Well, fine. So me and Chris over the year over the years have slowly started to become the same person. That's. Yeah, it, that's kind of how it's been. So uh, <laughs> let's let's do this all in reverse order. If we could go down to the first beer. Uh, this one is the session stout. Uh, we're doing the a, a Schlafly. What's it called? The the uh, Stout Bout. Stout Bout. Okay. That's the pack name. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this one. Uh, 
their uh, session stout, and there's their little description here, while keeping a bold flavor and big body. Session stout has a low ABV, making it easy to have more than one. We classify this full-bodied stout under the lightweight division. Uh, alcohol by volume is 4.5%. Uh, I, I, I would have called it, like, featherweight, maybe. Because mm. I, I would have kept this in an all-in-boxing, actual boxing terms. It, it tastes like a... Like it, Does it smell weird to anyone else? Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Um. It tastes. It it has the mouthfeel and taste of a chocolatey Dr Pepper. It has a weird. It's very cola-like, even in appearance. It has a weird, vegetal kind of smell. Not actual, but like there's a. a... It smells kind of like peppers. No. I, no. Yeah. I, okay. Like a. I, I'm with. I kind of like... see what Chris is talking about, like maybe like a green pepper mm-hmm. or a. Yeah, it doesn't smell spicy. I just get. It smells bad. It smells like okra. I've been smelling this for a bit, trying to figure out what it is, and I can't quite put my finger on it. Have you guys ever had cooked okra? No. That's what this no, that, like. that has not fallen into my uh, my my veg renaissance. Good. It's bad. <laughs> Daily Harvest has not sent that offering to him. Yet. There's a reason for that. <laughs> it smells like okra. And like like feet. It it drinks. Wow, really that's that's real light. Yeah, it's like it drinks real easy. They say it's full bodied. That drinks. That drinks like a like a uh, like a black lager. Yeah, well, well, no. not as strong. No, black I, I, I'm just saying stronger. it drinks like one. Where it's got a it yeah. looks dark, but it has more. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even want to say it's watered down. It just tastes like a thinner stout. Very thin, yes. Um, uh, hmm. It's not terrible. Like I could, I could probably crush one of these pretty easily, but yeah. Hence, hence the name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I I don't know. I I don't hate it, but I don't love it. I'm. I know. I would. Uh, guarantee. I would pass this up for many other. There's, yeah, offer. there there are better options. I feel like, but you know, it's also it. with lactose, and I'm not, I'm not really getting, I'm not getting any lactose. It's a weird no. sweetness, but it's not lactose sweetness. It's got, yeah, I was gonna say it's got a little bit of, a little bit of sweetness at the end, like a, a small cloying kind of something on the tongue at the very end, but it's not. I can't get over that vegetal taste. There's yeah, there's something just so strange about it. We're Once really... again, let's take a moment to appreciate the journey we've come since we've started this show, where we're like throwing words like vegetal around. While we absolutely talk trash about this, uh, why does someone tell us a little bit about the St. Louis Brewery or Schlafly? Well, uh, actually, I pulled this from if you if you recall the days of our video episodes of uh, of pack tasting, ye olden days. This was yeah. the second second episode ever. This tastes. This tastes kind of. It has a similar mouthfeel to um, the Schwarz beer that uh, New Belgium did, the eighteen something or other, sixteen oh, whatever. Yeah. That's what I've like. I was like, this tastes like something I've kind of had before. Okay, okay. Yeah. If you put some kind of weird spice and vegetal thing on the end of that. Yeah. That was that had more body than this though. Mm. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it did. Okay. Uh, so the St. Louis Brewery is a brewery. In, uh, you guessed it, St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, beers are sold under the Schlafly brand and distributed in Missouri, Kansas, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Tennessee, 
northwestern Mississippi, Arkansas, northern Virginia, D.C., New York, New Jersey. Period. So the East Coast is, except for the Carolinas. I've been everywhere, <laughs> man. Um, I've been everywhere. Okay, uh, uh, <laughs> qu- question. Yeah. Which ones are the Twin Cities? I, I was that's wondering if it was St. Uh, Louis and somewhere else. It's mini- Minnesota. Um, Minneapolis, I think. Isn't it like Minneapolis and St. Saint Paul? St. Paul. Paul and yeah. Minneapolis. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Sorry, I don't know why I was thinking. For, for a minute there, I was like, I, no, is I, it St. Louis? I was like, but it's, no, it's not. The other St. Um, <laughs> so the St. Louis Brewery, Inc. was incorporated in 1989. It was founded by Dan Kopman and Ton Schlafly. A lawyer and nephew of the late political activist Phyllis Schlafly. Schlafly. Schlafly again is just the worst name when you're when you've like been drinking. drinking. Uh, <laughs> That's why we're getting this part where we have to say it a lot out early. Yeah. It's seriously. Um, says their goal was to create quality local microbrew beer. Uh, do you want me to read the part about the pack here, or, just, or hold off? Uh, well, just a second. I just okay. what are your uh, your your thoughts on Schlafly as a whole? Because like generally, generally I've enjoyed what I they mean, do. I'm um, neutral. Yeah. Them. <laughs> so they have one of the, it, not nationally, but I guess coastal. Like they distribute to the south and east. It feels more like 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 they cover the Midwest. Yeah. Okay. And Midwest. The, like like the, the 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 central corridor of the east. Like but they have mid-east. a they have a know. bock of note that is distributed all across that platform. Oh yeah. Mm. So has. A fantastic Bach. They have a couple, actually, and that's you don't see anyone doing Bachs. What's I think their? They have a. Um, it's a little artificial, but they've got their chocolate something or other. That's there's something they have. It's got like a candy bar on the label. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I can't remember the name of it. They've got a few. Like I was really, so they've adopted the the craft thing of the the pint cans. Oh and yeah, doing. You know, they've started doing that. I saw them when I bought this pack. Barrel aged saison was just listed. I want to try that on their website. Oh yeah, like Schlafly. It, terrible name aside, I remember the first time trying to order one of those, and I was kind of like, I, uh, the, because I like they they just you know you get the description for the beer in a bar, you know, not even a description, you just get the title and like what it is, and you're like, uh, I'll try the. Schlafly, Schlafly. <laughs> sure. I feel like we said the same thing. How are we? How are you being? <laughs> uh, but they've always been like one of those that that kind of pops up, and I forget about them usually when I'm kind of going through. But if they, if I'm like, hey, when I see them, I will kind of like stop and go, oh yeah. But if I'm like. Just casually go, glancing by and everything, they never really jump out at me. Mm. Uh, double bean blonde ale is oh. the one with chocolate yes. bar and uh, coffee. That's the one. That sounds good. There, the, yeah, it was a blonde ale. That's right, but it was that with uh, like coffee notes and stuff, yeah. vanilla. That sounds. You know what it is? Their their labels are boring. Is what it, <laughs> it, it? It they're just so like it looks like somebody just made them in Word. Yeah, they're not. They're a little basic. Like, that is, like, yeah, that is. No, there is a segment. Wise. 
there's a segment in beer where you can find a few brands that are doing that, that are being extreme, like, very basic about their labeling. Mi- so this is like, the beer speaks for itself. I feel like minimalist would be a good way to describe it, but it's not. No, it's not the way that they that they've actually done it, though. So I'm like, it's it's not that. It's not clean. It's it's. I don't know. But we did have a story a while back uh, that kind of brings a few things up to speed. Yeah, um, Schlafly. uh, We talked about this back months ago, like uh, May or something, like half a year ago. uh, Back at the back in May. But uh, just just so you know, Schlafly had been for some time uh, owned by a uh, private e- majority interest was owned by a private equity firm known as Sage Capital. Uh, it's where, uh, in addition, there was a couple other employees and former employees that had it. Uh, but recently, the uh, it has been sold back, or at least a majority stake has been sold back to the Schlafly family. Um, they deal was closed on May third. They did not, ex- they did not go into the the full financials. But uh, members of the Schlafly family, including uh, individual investors, now control eighty percent of the company. So Sage Capital uh, retains about twenty percent stake in the business. So I think they now they may technically can be craft again. I'm not sure. I was gonna sure. say, is this so? This was another instance. This is actually the first instance, possibly, where we saw a brand uh, be bought up by a private equity. Now, there was another co-founder, Dan Kaufman, and he sold uh, 60% of his stake uh, to Sage Capital. And then, over time, the Schlafly family seems to have been working to try to buy a controlling stake back. So, Hmm. All right, well, this pack overall is the Stout Bout. See, we've been going on, not even pre-show, just when we first started to call, about all the better, like, basically take any song that has the word shout and replace it with stout, and it's just amazing. I mean, Chris's was stout it, stout it, stout it out loud. That and uh, stout at the devil. <laughs> yeah. Although me and Brittany, I feel like we're we're fans of the uh, stout, stout, drink it all out. These are the beers I can't live without. Come on, I'm drinking with you. Come on. I'm gonna have a song in my head the rest of the night. So the stout yeah. bout name is a play on the boxing term for a match. And the crowd favorites at Schlafly's annual Stout and Oyster Festival in March <laughs> determine the winning selections featured in the sampler. I, I want to go to that just because I want oysters and I want stout. Kinda always. I kind of never want oysters. I've so. never had oysters. So uh, the, uh, like, that was, that was like Casey going like, you should try oysters. Okay. All right, I guess we eat oysters now, Casey. Yeah, we do. <laughs> the event brings 80,000 fresh oysters from mm. both coasts and mm. over a dozen star shuckers <laughs> to the Schlafly Tap Room at uh, 2100 Locust Street. The Schlafly Brewing Team also brews over 10 specialty stouts for the event. Last year's fest. Okay, we might need to go just for that. Last year's festival offered unique flavors from peanut butter and jelly. 
to cherry barrel aged stout. Doesn't the latte and <laughs> doesn't okay sorry I didn't hear you. <laughs> the latte and dry hop stouts were two of the standouts among festival attendees, so both made the stout bout sampler this year. Dry hop stout is the most American beer thing I can think of. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what would you like to do? I, I want to take a stout. Okay, good. Hop it. <laughs> hop it like you wouldn't believe. <sighs> it says it sounds. England is crying right now. Don't care. It sounds like something Sam Calgioni would do. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then three Floyds heard about this and said, triple dry hop it. They went, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> this year's Stout and Oyster Festival takes place on Friday, March 20th, uh, and Saturday, March 21st, 2020. The packaging contains details for the destination-worthy event. Oh. I'm just saying, I've been requested to take some time off this year. <laughs> I mean... How far is St. Louis? It's actually not that bad from what I've heard. Uh, when we drove across the country, I know we left here at like midnight, and at I've been to St. Louis. I should know. Sunrise, we hit St. Louis. I must Google this. Uh, I've been to St. Louis. I should know how long it takes to get there. But it's not as far as you think. No, so, it's not. All right, uh, our, our our secondary topic that that oh, we yes. teased with the cold open, the Hog Father. So this is something. Time, it's time for Have a Drink Book Club. We've also teased that for a while. Um, just for the record, five and a half hours. <clears throat> okay, five and a half here. hours. So. Oh, oh, to, I was like, the book's not five and a half hours, is it? It's nine hours. <laughs> it's more than that. That's what I meant. I was like, that's, that seems short. <laughs> Look, all the Discworld books, they're, they're not huge books. No. But, so, if you aren't a fan of Terry Pratchett... You, you failed in your life, and you need to stop and reevaluate everything and start reading more. Exactly. Because if you try to get the audiobooks, you're going to go poor very quickly because there's very few of them that are under $50. You literally Not without an Audible subscription. I was going to say, you and have to have an Audible membership. Yeah, if you want the audiobooks for any of the Discworld stuff, of which not all of them are in audiobook format, yeah, you got to get an Audible subscription or you're going to lose all your money. Maybe yeah. even do the one with the two credits a month. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, Justin, I'll let you... What is the disc for the uninitiated? The disc is a perfectly flat world. Well, okay, there are mountains, but it is a flat world that lives on the top of four giant elephants on the back of a giant turtle swimming through space. And surely here, there must be magic. <laughs> that is the, the beginning of every single... <laughs> Not every novel. book, Close but it is, it. it is referenced frequently. Uh, There's a city... At the middle of the disc. Well, two cities. Ankh and Morpork. They they kind of grow into each other and have become just one, so you just refer to the city of Ankh Morpork. Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, on the disc, there is a Santa Claus-like figure known as the Hogfather. It is, a, it is a world ruled by narrative convention and magic. <laughs> and so anywhere where you assume, oh, this story trope exists, on the disc, it is a, it is a physical law. <laughs> yeah. uh, so if you have a million to one shot, it works out one out of ten times. <laughs> Pretty much. And uh, you have, what is it, with uh, crop harvests? The harvest happens first, and then the planting happens 
after. So if you have an amazing harvest, you have to plant accordingly. Otherwise, you'll look a fool. Right. <laughs> uh, the Discworld comes from Sir Terry Pratchett, who uh, uh, passed several years back. But uh, he is... He created a world that is a tongue-in-cheek take on fantasy, and it's it's very humorous. Uh, the usually the descriptions you would see on the back of the books were like it's Douglas Adams, but for fantasy. So if you remember Hitchhiker's Guide for the Galaxy, it's kind of like that. Hmm. But that's very reductive for how good these are. Like Douglas Adams did. In books, maybe. Terry Pratchett did over thirty. I was gonna say, uh, yeah. In the Discworld books, wasn't it thirty-six? Uh, Something like that. I think just for Discworld. Yeah, that's not just... counting his other books, of which have now many been adapted into several mediums, and everyone. Uh, it seems like the world really just got introduced to him through Good Omens. Well, yeah, a, a not series. a bad start, I have to say. <laughs> Good Omens was before Terry Pratchett became Terry Pratchett, and his friend and co-author of that book, Neil Gaiman, had become Neil Gaiman. Yeah. Uh, but he he it is it is a comical look at fantasy and fiction and sort of everything, but also written through a man with a, a an axe to grind against the entire world, <laughs> and with its dry humor. And, but very witty and and very British, <laughs> right? Uh, so the particular book we're talking about is Hogfather, and as Chris alluded to, he is a Santa Claus figure. He delivers presents every year, driven by his four massive boar. <laughs> Obviously, your piggy took a wee. <laughs> your piggy took a wee. And uh, every year on Hog's Watch Night, he delivers presents to all the good girls and boys. And uh, there's just those lovely twists to it that are so grand. Like everyone leaves out what is it? Pork pies and sherry. God, the Hog Father's got it made much better than Santa. <laughs> Obviously, Brittany brought up the great point <laughs> of the uh, wait. He's like the Hog Father's like kind of mutant hog himself and, he drinks and he's eating, eating pork pies <laughs> I was like the hell hey, you throw anything into a, a, a pen with starving pigs they will eat it did you not see snatch <laughs> thus the term hungry as a pig <laughs> uh, but uh, so some some things start to go down, like the Hogfather. It, it's not just a straight-up telling of this magical time of year on the disc. It's a deconstruction of belief systems, like because all the Terry mm -hmm. Pratchett stuff really is it's at bigger game. Yeah, and there are... If you were ever curious about Terry Pratchett novels, the Discworld books, uh, you do not need to read them in a specific order. They give you the order they were released. It is roughly chronologically sound. However... There, you can get more from them if you have read the previous books. But, like, to get the basic understanding and enjoyment of any sing singular novel, he, he has put, like, built in the 
explainers, which actually kind of become jokes in and of themselves later, like as you get further and further into it, just because you were hearing it again and there again. Is and ex- again. There is extensive use of footnotes yeah. in these books, and they are their own comical gold mind. <laughs> uh, so it's this one you you pull from. I was just going to say like there are categories of books, and this one would fall into the death category. Yeah, because. Death is a central figure. He appears in all of the books. He speaks in all caps. And he's really not such a bad chap. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Chris, you can go ahead with the synopsis. I just wanted to kind of mention the, the death thing. Well, before we get into the synopsis, let's go ahead and crack open our next beer. But while we're getting those poured, let's go ahead and double up and do the movie draft. Welcome to your Blue League Movie Draft Minute, presented by DiamondClub.tv for the week of December 16th, 2019. I'm your host, Big Boy Shay. Since it's the last update of the year, we celebrate by going to the scoreboard with Noel's. Team RMPs in last pace, thanks to 90 men from Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, giving them 98.7 mean dogs. Team Snowshoes in fifth place with 157.8 mean dogs. Team Geff is in fourth place with 169. 9.9 mean dies. Team Geek Grizz is in third place with 270 mean dies. Team Have a Drink is in second place with 440.7 mean dies. And in first place with 508.4 mean dies. It's Team DKG. Let your Stream Team Movie Draft Minute for up to date listings. Follow Stream Team Draft on Twitter. Just the best. <laughs> oh God, my yeah. mouth hurts. No, I had to no hold vowels. In my laughs just for because. that entire time. No vowels. <laughs> or no oh. all vowels, I guess. No consonants. No, no, no L's. No, no L's. L's. No L's. No L's. You said million no, no Ds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh my God, national that was... treasure. Yeah. So, oh. all right. Um, <laughs> what? Why don't one of you tell us about what we have just poured and why it is absolutely different than? Yep. So this is the dry hopped stout, which already confuses the mind. Uh, <laughs> it's the most American thing I can think of, <laughs> uh, outside of bacon wrapped eagles. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I want it. Uh, brewed with all the roasted malts you'd expect, but then dry hopped with tons of American hops, adding a unique citrus character. Because I'm proud to be an American, <laughs> or at least I know I drink. Yeah. Yeah, <sighs> yeah uh, I, I took a little sniff of this uh, yeah, no, about no, a minute ago, because I, I poured mine a little early. It's nice uh, and hoppy. Confuses the mind. This one a uh, little bit stronger, by the way, five point seven percent. Oh yeah, we're, we're, we're creeping up on our ABVs here, but yeah. It's like it reminds me of like the um, was it the black IPA, whatever it is. is oh it? yeah, yeah. With an actual thicker body, so this. Mm-hmm. Stout-wise, this is actually hitting stout body territory. <sighs> okay, this reference is old by this point. 
but when you said thicker body, mm-hmm. all I could think of, like at least off the top of my head, was, girl, look at that body. Yeah. Go look at that body. I drink stouts. <laughs> really? Okay, so we just need to make, like, an album of, of, of Bob doing songs. <laughs> I should not be allowed to do that. They It would be the worst Weird Al album. <laughs> or would it? Okay. Um, yeah, or would it I, be basically uh, my dick? Album. It would be, it would be uh, my dick's full length double release. <laughs> Do you see here? It, like, and I could, we could, uh, you know, the album art. We can just sell it on the store. It all works. Oh. <laughs> I drink my drink my drink. Have <laughs> to shout the various shout versions. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, uh, impressions on this dry hot really, stuff. I, I kind of like this one. It's a, it's a little dry, but I, I really like it. I'm really liking it. Um, it's, so, it's, it's just confusing. It's <laughs> it's drying, and it's dry hopped. So, you know, you get a nice uh, hoppy. It gives you something else on the nose that you're not expecting. Uh, there's a bit of it's hop. It's a dark here. IPA is what it feels like. Kind of, yeah. But with more, more to it. With thick more body. Oomph. It's got the thick body of a stout, and then everything else is like an IPA. I will say, I just, so, ta- I just taste bacon wrapped eagles. I don't. If you don't look at it, like seriously, like if you blocked it from your view and take a sniff and a drink, it's almost like you're drinking a weak New England IPA. Because it's got that thicker body to it. It's got some light hop. Not not as juicy, yeah, but uh, otherwise, yeah, the same. Also, all Actually, of these words are making me think of Lizzo's song. <laughs> Actually, it it does kind of, uh, yeah. I see what he's talking about. Like, I kind of just like kind of focus just on the the taste and mouth feel, and it does kind of have a little bit of that New England. It doesn't that creamy it, mouth feel, and yeah, yeah. It's missing just a little bit of something, but it it feels like a like the hoppier end of a New England. Yeah. So okay, Hogfather. A brief Hogfather. synopsis. Uh, as we discovered this morning shares a very generalized synopsis with, uh, what the crap is the name of that movie? Rise of the Guardians. Rise of the Guardians, yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say The Year Without a Santa Claus. Because both involve uh, the Tooth Fairy heavily and the plot device centers around teeth, children's teeth. Bob, have you seen that movie? No. The Rise of the Guardians, okay. And both are are talking about an entity preying on the beliefs of children to control mm-hmm. the world. Yeah. So that's where I was just like, she wanted to watch that because she was looking for another Christmas movie to put it on, even though that movie takes place at Easter. It's like watching Harry Potter, okay? <laughs> for uh, Emmett to watch. And I was just like, wow, this is basically, like, this is a dumbed-down version of Hogfather, kind of in a not Terry Pratchett way. Yeah. And if you put Hugh Jackman in it. Yeah, it's pretty great. Okay, <laughs> it's a. I think it's a good movie. Yeah, but yeah. So uh, Hogfather is um, the 
the entities known as the auditors who have shown up before in death novels at this point, I think. They are they are the people who make sure gravity keeps going and that, that planets spin the right way and they make sure the atoms, universe atoms work the right way as well. Yeah, they make sure the universe happens the way it's supposed to happen and one of the ongoing jokes for them is that they while they are individual entities, if they ever acknowledge this they are immediately banished from existence. So if, the second one of them says me then the others just like pounce on him somehow and he just like vanishes because they're all floating gray robes with nothing in them if if from their their train of logic if you have a personality then you have uh then there is an end to you because there's an end to all things uh so anything with a personality must die and for an auditor to gain a personality they instantly die and they die too fast for them to realize any logical fallacies in what they've just done. And this uh, has led them... Uh, that that was the basis of Reaper Man, which... Did that come before or after Hogwarts? Before. Like before, okay. It's, it's two yeah. books before. The the Order of the Death books go Mort, uh, Reaper Man, uh, Soul Music, uh, Hogfather, and then I think the next one's Thief of, Thief of Time. So we could go explaining things. In it. So Hogfather is, they hire so, the Assassin's Guild to kill the Hogfather. Yeah, spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> I mean, it should be just assumed. This book is how old? <laughs> so, yeah, it's, I feel like it's past the statute of limitation. <laughs> 20 years. So Longer. Yeah, I, I feel like we're safe spoiling this book. Uh, so, and, and that happens in the, the opening of the book. As they approach the Assassin's Guild, if you didn't know it all, like, there, there are guilds for all the assassins and thieves and things like that in Ankhmore Bork. But uh, they go to the Assassin's Guild to have the Hogfather assassinated, or how do they say it? Disposed of, or... Inhumed. Inhumed. Well, that's the, that's the, the, the Assassin's yeah. term for it. So, um... They go to the Assassin's Guild for this, and the Assassins feel like it's an unaccomplishable task, so they take someone that they feel they just want to get rid of. His name is uh, Tiatame, or as everyone calls him, T-Time. T-Time. And he's an unhinged individual who sees uh, living, living people as things. He has no problems with killing. He's actually too good at it. <laughs> yeah, and... Uh... But not in the in the way the assassins would do, as the assassins in the Discworld are described as being very uh, fashion conscious, and so everything needs to to look good and be appropriate, and you, you make sure it looks like an accident. And then uh, uh, Tia will uh, kill you, your wife, your kids, your dog, your next door neighbor, and their neighbor, just to make sure everyone doesn't see anything. Yeah, the, the, also the book opens with him being chastised for having nailed uh, one of his targets to the ceiling, their dog to the ceiling. Yeah. And they're saying how this was in such such poor taste. And the guy they got to play him in the miniseries is creepy as shit. Like, good job. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, um, but, so the, they get tea time. To who immediately admits when they tell him his target, he's already thought about how to dispose of the Hogfather as well as death. And this is important because in previous uh, novel, 
the <laughs> the auditors tried to kill Death. Yeah. Because he yeah. Is, he is trying and, to fake a personality. Well, he's lear- he he spent a lot of time with humans, and he is slowly developing a personality, even though he is an anthropomorphic personification of an idea. Which in which book is it in Mort or in of which there's one of them they talk about like and it comes back into play in this one that it's only people's belief in him like this universal thought of what death is that has made him what he is that's right. why he Big exists in creepy skeleton in a black cloak with a scythe that's what everyone thinks of when they think of death so that's what came into being and that's why he is the way he is like flat out that's it and that's kind of the crux of the whole thing is that belief makes things and so the in doing this i guess the spoiler for the whole thing is tea they, time they kill the hog they kill the hog father they, yeah he assassinates the hog father he knows where his ice palace is finds it out well it's not an ice well it is made of ice but yeah. it's it's the tower of bones yeah the tower of bones uh they go there, it's a they, much creepier version of santa than it is <laughs> but uh they go there they kill they kill the hog father and later you find out, no, these he was he's an ancient god, back yeah. in a different form. And that's what they go on like, no, the, the there used to be blood sacrifices to make the sun come up, and these things still happen today in different forms. Basically, the meat pies being left for the hog father are blood sacrifices being given to him, and the belief is what the belief in him. Or the belief in all these things is what makes the sun rise. They're like, little did you know. So death is kind of keen and hip to this, and as soon as uh, finds as out, as soon as he has to claim the the hog father, essentially, when he when he discovers this, and at the moment he discovers this is when uh, the uh, what the oh god is uh, poofed into existence. Because, uh, no, no, isn't it? It, it's not no oh. he he sees what's happened he then decides he needs to keep everything running so he dresses yes. up as hog father because he has to keep the belief there has as he keeps saying the the sooty footprints have to be left and, and uh, yeah and he has pies, to leave presents and the pies have yeah. to be nibbled and all these things to keep the belief going so that the sun will come up tomorrow but uh, here, that's in where his uh, his granddaughter, which if you go for Mort, is Mort and Death's adopted daughter's daughter. She's the granddaughter of Death. Death's adopted daughter, Mort's actual daughter. Mort was the apprentice of Death, yeah. who married Death's adopted adopted daughter. Yes, you explained it better. But yeah, she is. So Death has a granddaughter in this who, even though there's no blood relation, she has like special. She has and stuff. supernatural abilities and is in line since she is Death's granddaughter to take over the business pretty much. Whenever uh, genetics, genetics does not. Uh, uh, it's more of a suggestion on the disc. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> all hell breaks loose at this point because she's pretending, well not pretending, she wants a normal job, so she's a governess looking after uh, two children, and this is where uh, the, when people when the Hogfather's not there, belief is just rampant in the world. And so anytime anyone thinks 
and says something of, you know, oh, all of my socks seem to vanish. There must be a monster eating my socks. A sock-eating monster poofs into existence with a little ding ding And then there's also, as Chris was alluding to a minute ago, my fa- one of my favorite characters in this book, the O-God of Hangovers. Not the God of Hangovers. The O-God. The O-God <laughs> of Hangovers. Because there has to be a God of Wine and Revelry who is always drinking so he can never have the hangover. So someone has to get it. <laughs> and then in one of my favorite se- sequences, they give him a hangover cure involving all the hangover cures they can think of. <laughs> they pour it down his throat. And he he sobers up just fine. There's no real problem to him. And they're like, what? shouldn't steam be coming out of his ears and him running around? And, uh, and then someone says, no. If he gets the after effects of what the other guy drank, the other guy must clearly get the after effects of what he drank. So they all consult the crystal ball, and they then see the uh, the god of wine and revelry. <laughs> Steam coming out of his ears, running around, screaming, and he's like, Aha! It's your turn now! Please, bring me as many loggers as you can find! I need to drink with an umbrella and lots of rum so uh, the they being referred to here are the wizards of the unseen university uh, of which they, they nothing can ever go right for them That's the ongoing joke is they, they basically can't do any real magic without completely screwing it up well they can't do any real magic without summoning demons from <laughs> the from a different dimension so it's that, best that they can't that's a problem yeah so uh, this when they're coming up with this hangover cure of all hangover cures, everything backfires on them, quite literally. Like, everything explodes in their faces. So when they're doing this, it's a room full of old men diving under tables. <laughs> and then, like, all the little notes when you're reading the books are you wouldn't expect, you know, men of this age to be able and to wa- move. And waistline. <laughs> and waistline to be able to move as they do. But it's the only wizards that are old <laughs> are the fast ones. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the 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 book goes on, and they have the <laughs> uh, they have a number of reveals, and there's eventually they just they they find a way to essentially restore the Hogfather and punish the people who did the the wrongdoing. If you do want to read more, you I, I highly suggest you read it. Uh, but yeah. there is a, a central sort of theme that they come across near the end as they talk about the uh, 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 why the Hogfather exists and why Death thought it was so important to keep him alive. Mm. And uh, and it's just that you believe in the, uh, the little lies like the Hogfather and the Tooth Fairy so that you believe in the bigger lies like truth and justice <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, which I think colored my my mind more than I realized because uh, in college I remember someone explained to me that they, they told their five year old younger sister when they were ten or whatever uh, that, that Santa didn't exist and I went you're a monster 
you ruined their fundamental building block of faith. Yeah. If they don't, if they're not able to believe in Santa, how can they believe in the larger things? And there was just a moment where I was like, like truth and justice. Oh God, Gary <laughs> Pratchett has made a lasting influence on me. He strikes again, but uh, one of the like one of in the big reveals, like at the end, when you find out who the Tooth Fairy is, because the whole thing is, oh, the Tooth Fairy can't actually go do this job. Has to hire, you know, people out, minions out to do it for them. And that's when you find out the Tooth Fairy is like the original bogeyman mm-hmm. who stumbled across the magic of uh, teeth, children's teeth, and had devoted his existence to gathering all these teeth so they could never be used for something like this. Yeah. Because that's Teatame, uh, Tea Time, is uh, infiltrates the palace just like he, the Tooth Fairy's palace, just like he got into the. Uh, Palace of Bones or Castle of Bones, whatever, for Hogfather. <clears throat> and is using a very bad wizard. Not not as in, like, he does bad things, as in he's a terrible wizard. Like, he just sucks I mean, it. he's not he's not the worst. He's not the worst. Rincewind exists. <laughs> I was going to say, he's, not, he's no Rincewind. But he's still, like, he's a shit wizard. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> to say, he's a cat guard. <laughs> I forgot that was his uh, uh, sobriquet from uh, <laughs> the from the instance. Yeah, he's kind of a shit wizard. But so he's using a magic that's harnessing the power of these teeth, and the original bogeyman is has fought for this, but he's too old. He can't. He like he's just like in a room there, and he's you know hires the right people out to make sure this job gets done. But Tea Time, like, even though he's an unhinged sociopath, completely knows, has, like, apparently figured all this out. <laughs> right. And they they, exp- they express there is a weakness to the bogeyman, which is if you pull your covers up over yourself, they go away. If you throw covers over them, they have an existential crisis because they don't know what's happened. Yeah. Especially if they, the covers have big fluffy buttons. <sighs> Okay, this almost goes into, like, uh, an idea of a future topic that we talked about, but what is it with bunnies and, like, scary creatures? Because it made me think of of Buffy, um, because Anya is terrified of bunnies, and she's a demon. (laughs) Mm, The Holy Grail? The fact that deep down all bunnies are rapists? (laughs) One of the two. That is very much a fact. I've seen it. I've seen it happen. It's like I've all, seen it too. All, all the all the dark poor defenseless cats. Cats didn't know what was. Good. They didn't know what to do while it was happening. They're just like looking around in shock. <laughs> Not after a while. <clears throat> the cats just accepted it. <laughs> so okay, uh, Brittany, what did from your loose? Oh, I think this is a good time brought. to probably move on to the next beer since we still have two more to go. She's like, oh, what do I think of it? How about the next beer? Let's let's deflect. Well, no, I mean, we ah. still have two more beers. <laughs> that's some that's some Tai Chi deflection there. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, deflecting with uh, alcohol. It'll work for me because of what our next one is. Hey, Justin, want to tell us about the next one while we pour? Uh-huh. Yeah, no, the next one up is the Latte Stout. The as they describe it here, brewer meets barista in this heavyweight bout. 
Latte Stout is brewed with a blend of coffee, toddy, and milk sugar to combine, uh, that combine to form a stout that calls back to the coffee shop. Wow, that smells like coffee. That's all fine. Mm. Those are the smells Daddy likes. So, uh, so while we're while trying this, uh, so I didn't get to finish anything with <laughs> with the Hog's Water. So we uh, we watched the first so the, the mini series, which I don't know how much we really talked about so far, but there was um, a BBC mini series if you can get on yeah. Amazon Prime. Yeah, if you're a Prime member, which if you're a human being, then um, you go on there, and it's 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 included in Prime, and it's a three-part miniseries. So we watched the first two, but I didn't get to see the third episode to see how it ended. So I actually didn't know, like how the Spoilers. ending. Spoilers. We've not. Oh, I don't care. It's fine. We've not said even exactly how it all ends. Yeah. Like you've gotten some of the build-up. I want to know what happens to Tea Time more than anything. Uh, 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 spoiler alert for all Discworld books: any villain dies. He does not have recurring villains. Ah. <laughs> Good triumphs in very... Good or at least your protagonist. Yeah. I liked Susan in the, sh- in the show. Susan is is delightful as she is yeah. constantly struggling against being uh, both Death's granddaughter and her desire to be normal. Yeah. I, I think uh, the, the, the chick playing her and also just like the design in the show kind of worked. To, like, so it helped. The show, if you're wondering, uh, it is a great partner piece to the book. You can watch it and get extreme enjoyment out of it without reading the book. Right, but like with anything else, like but there's you, stuff that you can't put in there. Yeah, you are missing all the internal monologues. You are missing like they do nothing to hint at those, and all the the narrator's comments on things. You yeah. miss all of that stuff. Which, it isn't vitally important, but it adds the extra level. Yeah. Just, that's like, to any Terry Pratchett thing, that is the extra level that just is the chef's kiss. It does the narrator thing at the very beginning. Like, it does the beginning part, because you see the, the disc and all that. So, like, it starts off per, you know, book series, but that's that's about it, I think. Um, as opposed to, like... Uh, good omens, like where they continue the narration on that on that show. Because it's, yeah, but that's, they made that, the, that's God. Yeah, they made the narrator yeah, God, true, and it worked. True. You're just you like, no, to, that you was, have to keep that. That there. was fantastic. So, if you've watched Good Omens, that is how a Terry Pratchett novel goes. It's like there is this overarching narrator who is omnipotent. <laughs> I that I, I don't know. We're not talking about it, but like it's still in the same like universe of of Pratchett. <laughs> uh, but that show is just. Like I've never read those books either, but that show was book singular. Book, oh, sorry, yeah, duh. Uh, okay, but um, it was just great. Like, and I think that I mean, honestly, that's really has to do with the casting too. Uh, well, but, it is technical. The, oh my gosh, the miniseries is technically also while it is the adaptation it is also the sequel, because that's Neil. Neil said he took what few things they had ever discussed about a sequel, mm. and put it just tacked it on the end. Yeah, but it and was that, only that, the that stuff was... that he and Terry had discussed before Terry's passing. Yeah, yeah, that was that was Neil's final like love letter, thank you to Terry Pratchett. Which, if to know that whole story, like it just it pulls the heartstrings. It was like yeah. 
Terry wrote a letter that didn't get to Neil until after Terry had passed, sent, telling him, you know, his final wish for him is for him to do the TV series. And yeah, that was his that was his driving force when he he's like, "Oh, I will be the showrunner for this show then." And he you know, he, he 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 fought to get as much as Terry's stuff in there as he could. And I, I think they, I mean, it just screams that that feeling of it. But like, I could rewatch that show probably a thousand times. Like, my roommate watched it recently, and he was like, "Oh man, that was great." I he keeps saying like it too. It's like I don't want to watch it again. And I was like, "Yeah, it's a great show." He's like, "How many times have you seen it?" I've seen the show once, but <laughs> read I've read the book at least twice, I think, and I can well, it, it, like run through bits of it in my head over and over. It's something so, about the show is like, it, like I could, it's that I want to rewatch David Tennant and and um, Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen just be amazing, <laughs> you know. Right. That's, Martin Sheen and <laughs> just, right. It's a completely different show. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm just saying. Imagine Martin Sheen as the as as Zerophil. No, <laughs> not quite as good. But no, I, uh, so the Hong Father thing. I I think it's it's very Terry Pratchett, first of all. But yeah, um, from what I've listened to so far with with Chris, basically, because I don't have any of them. Again, because like I didn't use my Audible credits on them, <laughs> and they're I have books. I have like paperbacks of them. I could lend them to you. Oh, I don't. I've got so many. Like I was waiting for you to go. Like I I don't touch paper if I don't have she to. Has, she got That's an not wrong either. version of it. Yeah, I, do, I got the, the... But it's like... It's Look, so it's so much easier, obviously, to, to do Audible. And we had to push this episode then. up a week. So we were meant that to was, have yeah. another week of time to try and cram this in for her, But that kind of changed. Um, I, I will say if... So so the, the service that I found... So, okay, we've discussed, like, if you're on Audible and you're an Audible member, definitely try you know, insert name of Terry Pratchett book here, especially if you want to start with the Hogfather. Um, but, uh, and make sure you do the Audible membership thing where it's just a credit. <laughs> uh, but if you are looking for, um, like, an ebook version, uh, if you join the, I think it's, I don't know if you call it Scribed or Scribd or whatever, it's probably Scribd. It's S-C-R-I-B-D. I want to believe it's Scribd. Just from 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 <laughs> name of the wind, uh, but it, that service is it's very similar to Audible. They don't have all the same titles, but uh, you pay a monthly fee and then you just get whatever to read. You're, it's like the open library to read stuff. Um, they have audiobooks, but they don't have again the, near the selection Audible does. But Hogfather is on there in ebook format, not Audible book or not audiobook, but ebook. And again, it's like. Eight dollars a month or something, so something you know worth looking into if you're interested in, in trying some stuff out. Just to, just want to put that out there for people. Like Audible is is uh, Audible and Amazon are not the end all be all on reading books. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. It, I think we've kind of ingrained that in us at this point to be like, no, this is where you get books from, and it's like, no. <laughs> so okay, to to interrupt my thoughts on the latte stout, um, <clears throat> a little too heavy on the milk sugar. Not enough on the coffee. Yeah. But like I guess that's... I was going to say, like, the balance is off. It's not... It's not that it's off. It is... It's it's exactly a latte. It's not my taste. Ah. I would prefer more coffee. Mm. 
He would prefer the. Uh, I don't know. I, I just feel like like it's not. It's not doing everything. It, it it gets like some of the stuff I don't like about coffee. Like it's it's a bit acrid. Mm. And so I'm kind of like I, I'm not loving this one. The so the the theme I'm getting from all of these. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Is... He's not loving it. I was like, <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> it, everything's got this, and I, this the dry hop didn't have a um. It didn't have lactose, but like the other two have. But there, there's still like this. It's that that sweetness that I just can't, I just can't mm. get on board with. Um, I don't know. Like I'm, I'd already kind of gotten away like not wanting milk stouts as much now. Like I, if I'm gonna go stout, it's gonna be like oatmeal or oyster, I guess. But mm -hmm. th yeah, these are just like so sweet. Like on the on the on the back end, I guess it's just like. This, and this one especially, it's almost like a puckering sweet feeling to me. Yeah, like this one. This one may be my. Uh, spoiler for the end, how we usually do this, but this may be my least favorite of these. Mm. I don't know. We still got another one to go. Yeah. I mean, it's true, but. But so okay, uh, Hogfather. 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 The Hogfather. So there's a lot of weird things. We're not. We're talking about the inner twists and turns like in the novel you get uh the death of rats who arose who popped up in reaper man <laughs> yeah well it was didn't it it came out of death being too busy or well no, it came it, out it, of when, when death retired yeah. a bunch of sub deaths popped up to yes. take it up but then when he came back he looked at that one and went you get to stay he likes the death of rats because the death of rats squeak squeak that, that's all he just speaks with squeaks that's just squeak but it's literally a little rat skeleton wearing the black hooded robe with a scythe. <laughs> and he's just running around going, squeak! And then even when uh, Death's hog-fathering it, and he's going, he's the one who goes to Susan to tell her what's going on, but uh, a raven. I'm guessing the raven came from another novel that I've not come across uh, yet. Yeah, he comes from... He actually may be in Reaper Man too, but he ends up as the Death of Rats. Uh, oh, he may be in Soul Music. Actually. I, guess, I think it's Soul Music because that's possibly the only Death novel I haven't read. Uh, he he becomes the Death of Rats' Rats Mount. Okay, sure. But and they... I'm pretty sure it's Quoth. <laughs> is his name Quoth the Raven? Be. Yeah. Okay, I get it. It, it absolutely better be. And he <laughs> just went. And they keep trying to get him to say nevermore, and he's like, I swear to God, I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just wait that out. Hmm? It was saying, he may not have been able to hear it, I don't know. <laughs> I have a feeling it would come across. But... I didn't hear anything. No. <laughs> Death of Rats is hilarious and all this. Like, in at points, he starts acting like a rat when it's expected of him. Like right. he, because he's like he doesn't eat, he doesn't need nourishment. He's but but then he sees cheese and has to nibble on it because he feels it's what it is expected of him. Right. So he has to go nibble the cheese and he has to go do these things even though he doesn't need it. He doesn't taste it. It doesn't <laughs> doesn't mean anything to him, but he still goes and does it. And he makes a brief appearance in the miniseries because CGI is expensive. That's the other thing to be said about that miniseries. It is very well produced. Yeah. Very well. Like it, it goes. If you've seen any of the early uh, Discworld miniseries or movies, 
they're kind of poorly produced. What was that, that one with uh, Sean Astin? What was that? Uh, the Color of Magic. Yeah, that's the which first. Which is actually the Color of Magic and Sorcery together. Yeah, it's the first two novels. That one was uh, kind of poorly produced. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm pretty sure they have Christopher. They used up their budget on Christopher Lee as the voice actor of Death in that one. And oh, um, um, oh my God, who else is it? Uh, like the just the cast of the Wizards. It is like a, yeah, because uh, that was Tim Curry. Tim Curry's in it, and uh, I keep yeah. forgetting his dude from Game of Thrones. Dude from Game of Thrones and Braveheart. And... I can't remember his name either. Which dude from da- oh. Game of Thrones? Oh, I gotta look that up now. Charles Delance. <laughs> No, sorry, Charles. Sorry, we're not gonna. I confuse two actor names, but I, I just uh, I always solidly remember him from Braveheart. One thing I do want to point out, though, is uh, since Susan is a governess or essentially a nanny for two upper middle class children, who she socially ranks above. Brittany was so when we were listening through the novel earlier. Brittany was like going on, she's like, "Why is the mother constantly correcting herself?" And that's like, oh, it's because she's trying to place them socially above their governess. But that's not the case. (laughs) Uh, But they, uh, (laughs) she is the antithesis of of Mary Poppins. Yes. Yeah. Where it's like a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. And she she instead pulls up an, uh, an iron fireplace poker and goes, where are your... Where are your bloody monsters? I'll deal with them now. <laughs> Say that, and when the little girl comes, she's like, what have I said about the list? That it's a hanging offense. <laughs> it's like, that it's overly precociously sweet, and it's a hangable offense. <laughs> and they, like, they, they, he, she teaches the, the son in there, the, I forget what they call him, but it's the, it's essentially the, the discord equivalent of Tacitus. Like she makes him read like essentially like ancient Roman history for the disc. Yeah, of uh... and it's like, like he makes him read above her. She makes him read above what his reading level would be. Uh, he's like, look, once you got to the word disembowel, he was all in. <laughs> yeah, there's, uh, it's like the the journals of some great general. Yeah, and so he's like, he's like, oh, he might not be able to do his arithmetic, but <laughs> he's got you. He's got some solid battle plans. <laughs> but they, I love that she meant like like the death pops up at some point and looks at the names of these children because he is pretending to be the hog father and he's delivering gifts to them and she's and he says, "I have gifts here for Twyla and Gawain. <laughs> Who named these children?" Yeah. And Susan goes, "Presumably by people who loved them." He's like, I think they wanted to name him Gawain so he would be something of a strong warrior. And he goes, sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy, that. <laughs> you got to be tough if your name is Gawain. <laughs> yeah. So, there you go. Uh, James Cosmo. Yeah. In a thousand years, I wouldn't have come up with that name. Sorry. That's the guy who was in... I did not realize that was his name. I also right? did not realize... Okay, yeah. Um, oh, he was James, in, James he's, Cosmo. He's Scottish. Huh. Well, yeah, because he was in, he's one of the stars of Braveheart. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you know, you could have just made sure that. And oddly enough, they put him, cast him in Troy. As I can't remember, like one of the 
one of the kings. <laughs> You're Narnia. like, um. Oh, he's been in all the things. Yeah, he was Aslan. In ah, he was in His Dark Materials. Yep. Which, that's what else I lose remember. He was in His Dark Materials as Aslan? No. <laughs> okay, that got real dark then. <laughs> <laughs> I, see, I always knew that uh, <laughs> he had a beef with them, but I, I didn't think he went that far <laughs> with that beef. I don't. I, keep in mind, I've not read any of the the, oh, yeah. the Golden Compass stuff. I don't know. I was making a joke. Oh well, uh, Pullman like he hated, hated C.S. Lewis, C.S. Lewis and Tolkien, hated them okay. with a passion. And it comes comes across in the novels. And his novels are the complete opposite thing of both of those. I mean, it could be easily seen. They're about they're about. Eight, either atheism or devil worship and about uh <laughs> and have absolutely no background well uh, whereas in the in the central theme of his dark materials is oh there's a hierarchical ugh, I'm too drunk to say this <laughs> there is a church that controls the world and uh, to go against them is suicide and the whole point of the novels are a little girl and her friends go against the official word of the church to prove it wrong. Mm. <laughs> like that okay. is the whole journey. But well, okay, back then. to back to the disc and the Hogfather. So uh, if you're wondering exactly how it ends, uh, there's a sword involved that can cleave the soul directly from the uh, the body, and it in doing so has the ability to kill. Magical beings? Right. I am led to believe, and there is a standoff moment where Tea Time is using... Well, he's holding Death hostage? Or something. He's got... Something like that. He's got a sword to someone's throat, and Susan has that sword and flings it, and it perfectly slides. It goes through the robe of Death, like through his rib cage, not touching him, and completely hitting Tea Time. And killing him instantly, cleaving his soul from his body. Right. Uh, I think that's how it. It's been a while since I've got to the ending, and I haven't like reread the ending yet. But uh, but that's after the great search to find the house of the tooth fairy. Right, which is actually where I am right right now during my reread of it. But, oh. Uh, Spoiler alert, it's the house inside of every child's painting. Yeah. One of the, the things that uh, I do enjoy in the book, though, because they have the wizards and they are in... Because the, the wizards are a big spoof on academia in general. Yeah. Uh, they... They're very pompous <laughs> and don't actually know a whole lot. Right. Uh, which is why they're they're academics. They, <laughs> they got into a profession where they would not have to interact with the outside world. <laughs> Which is really honestly where I would like to have ended up. Yeah, I was going to say, like, that's uh, my ideal world there. They are some of the more entertaining characters on the disc. Uh, but they uh, they have a, a group of younger wizards at the school, and they create Hex, their, their computer. Uh, <laughs> and one of them realizes that he's essentially created a cargo cult for... <laughs> For hex, meaning that he he's made the shape of this this grand, more impressive machine than he is, but he doesn't know exactly how it works. 
in the way that that there's the idea uh, in and in some anthropo- anthropological circles where like oh it's the whole premise of the gods must be crazy where a, a bottle of coca-cola washes up into this small tribe and this they they all worship and have this whole thing about this bottle of coca-cola mm-hmm. uh they think he he's assuming that's what's happening with this computer that he's created called that he calls hex because it runs via via an anthill some sort of because it's got anthill inside that's the visual gag in the yeah. miniseries is it's the Intel logo on the outside of the machine that says Anthill inside. Anthill inside, yeah. There's also a a mouse that he's not quite sure what it does, but it doesn't work without it. And it has a lot of ram skulls <laughs> right. that help it remember things. Obviously. Uh, and I love the description of this to uh, Rid Coley. And Rid Coley's the Chancellor? Arch-Chancellor. Arch-Chancellor. And uh, <laughs> Ridicule is one of the best ones. What was it? Uh, they're saying that it it gives off the impression of intelligence. and so. <laughs> but it's says, not actually intelligent. It just seems to be intelligent. And it's yeah. when he makes the crack. Oh, so like everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone else here. Yes. <laughs> yep. Uh... uh and then uh, so we were talking about it earlier about one of the best running gags because in the process of every novel being self-explanatory, like you don't ever have to have read a previous one, it just kind of adds to it, is when the one of the things that opens with the wizards is they're trying, Red Coley's trying to get a bathroom open. And they come <laughs> because across... Because it's unhygienic to clean with the others. <laughs> yes, because it's unhygienic to be sluicing down with a lot of you. <laughs> Uh, sorry, it took me years to realize that he is the idea of an of an English country gentleman. Because <laughs> like they were all expecting when uh, in an earlier book when they when he gets appointed, they were expecting him to be like Radagast the Brown, where he's like, oh, he's like a nature wizard. Instead, he's like, oh yes, no, I I enjoy nature. I enjoy it stuffed and mounted on my wall. <laughs> okay, speaking of stuffed and mounted on on the wall, gotta get that next one poured. Oh yeah, I, I was trying to have it poured. I was just waiting on you guys. Oh okay, oh, okay we, yeah. we have it poured as well, we and uh, who's, who's I guess talk about it? I guess I can. So we are on the final stout in the stout bout. It is the Mexican chocolate stout, a classic American American stout inspired by all the characteristics of real Mexican style hot chocolate. Creamy, roasty, sweet elements provide a perfect base for the addition of cacao nibs. Cocoa nibs. Uh, which the brewers add directly to the fermenter to age until their finest flavors blend with the stout. The addition add of... Di- s- add directly to the fermenter. <laughs> add directly to the fermenter. The addition of cinnamon adds a kick that balances well with all the flavors in this beer. It's a 6%. So none of these beers get above 6% ABV. And it follows the formula with... So this is like one of these styles in stouts right now. If it's not an overblown, crazy sweet pastry stout. The Mexican hot chocolate or chocolate stout seems like everybody's doing one. They are... See Choco Pesa. (laughs) (laughs) See Choco Pesa. Yeah, but... Choco Pesa. This is pretty dynamite. This is my favorite out of the pack. Pretty heavy-handed with the cinnamon. I think it is the most flavorful one in the pack, definitely. Yeah. And less sweet. 
because the spices in it balance everything. It's thicker. There is a little bit of like capsaicin spice, but there's not a whole lot. I would actually like a like I prefer these to be real spicy. Just a smidge oh, no. more kick. Yeah. No, I'm I'm I think it's perfect because then you, nothing's overpowering because that always you always run that risk of like oh, I can taste the peppers, <laughs> versus like... Like the first time Braxton did a Mexican hot chocolate oh with Dark God. Charge, yeah. and then we drank it fresh, and it was like, oh, oh. I had, I, had a, I had a Founder's Pepper beer where I'm pretty sure I could taste the green pepper. Like, like I just yeah. took a bite of green pepper. See, that's that's like when you... it's This is perfectly balanced to me. Like, that, that you can taste pepper, but at the same time, you get that cinnamon, and it's like nice and... And then there is like, not just chocolate, but literally a cocoa quality. So you're saying the spice must flow? The spice must flow. In this, yeah. I'm just saying, <laughs> one day we need to do a drunk talk on a, a spice pack of some kind, or a create your own of various spiced beers, and then talk about Dune. <clears throat> okay, the next one has to be one that I'm more familiar with than you two, because... Look, I think like, I'm the nice. only one very familiar with Dune. Probably, actually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't even pretend, yeah. I've never seen it. You're more familiar with or the disc it. than I am. Again, I've not I've not read half of the novel. Okay, look, you have to understand, I have an obsession. <laughs> if I become interested in something, my entire life becomes researching it. That's, beca- that's called being a geek. Like, we all have it. It's just I, not all I of know. us have it. With I'm the just saying thing. that <laughs> it's, it's the reason I don't start Harry Potter. That's good, fair. Good that's reason. <laughs> okay, so we need to rate these and start wrapping up. Yeah. So, well, start start a rating in your head. Let's wrap up the Hogfather discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, Death of Rats, it tragically cut out of the miniseries. Much bigger role. Basically, the the Raven in the miniseries. That is all the. Death of if, rats. if you needed to cut something, though, those are not yeah, 100% crucial. You can just literally give the lines to the raven, cut the rat out, save you a crap ton of CGI. Yeah. Boom. That's what they did. Um, I love Hogfather. It's great. Uh, all the death novels so far for me have been fantastic. That's what I started in on. My first Discworld book was Mort. Mine was Reaper Man. Okay. I started midway into anything, so if you're afraid, oh, I don't know if I can just jump into the middle. Anywhere, anywhere is fine. Absolutely anywhere. Yeah, it does not matter. <laughs> see, but see that that kind of stuff kind of makes me like OCD a little bit because it's like it, it's like the Doctor Who thing to me. It, it's like, oh, you, it doesn't matter. You can start with it, and I'm like, no, no, I, I need a I need a beginning and an end. <laughs> like, well, there me, is. I, there, me, there is a beginning of the story that you need and an end of the story. He didn't create a one long narrative he created a world where his narratives can happen and sometimes they happen to the same people yeah and sometimes they're happening side by side and like i'm not against it and i'm i I get it but but my brain is like no (laughs) you know now there are some instances if you're going through the watch novels there is more of a timeline that you should preferably follow otherwise you're going to Mm. read one novel and then if you just jump to another random one, you go, well, where are all these characters? And you go, oh, wait, they died in the last one. <laughs> well, in, pe- so, in relationships, like, people are together, and you're like, wait, <laughs> yeah. this happened? Uh, but, but yeah, uh, 
I've said earlier, Hogfather has some of my favorite lines in there. One of them being, uh, which I use all the time, which is, education is like a communicable sexual disease. It makes you unfit for certain jobs, and you also have the sudden urge to pass it on. Wow. Yeah, and I still <laughs> love the, like, as we played in the, the opening, when he's giving the sword out, that's another great bit, is when they decide he needs to put him FaceTime, so they go to a department store, and he literally takes the place of a department store hogfather and is handing out actual the presence of the real thing so the little girl asks for a sword so he gives her a broad sword <laughs> yeah and the mother's like you can't give her that I'm the hogfather <laughs> she asked for it uh, no it's I mean top to bottom I think we were talking that it, it's it feels kind of like Terry Pratchett at his most Terry Pratchett, which is a good thing. Uh, like it's it's full of of great little puns and also terrible puns that he lets you know that no, they are terrible. And these are the kind of things that a lesser person would think are funny. It's like one of those three layers deep moments when, as we joked about in the news episode and <laughs> early on in this, when Death is trying to make a pun. And it's a terrible one to Albert, who we've not talked about hardly, but his his. It's a wizard who who did a reverse version of the the right to summon death, and so instead he got summoned to death and has lived in death's sort of dimension that he keeps as a quote home, uh, so he doesn't have to die. But yeah, uh, yeah, no, sorry. Albert says something. On, yeah, he says a, makes a pun, and Albert goes, uh, like, yes, no, sir. I'm laughing right to hell on this one. But the pun is, he, he has to point it out. I've made a pune. <laughs> yeah, they were going to go slay them as he rides around in a sleigh and driven other, by hogs. And the other thing is, death can never get the ho, ho, ho right. Ho, ho, ho! For some reason, he's always—it's always like questioning. Well, it, it varies because sometimes it's yeah. ho ho ho. <laughs> uh, but uh, the death books are some of my favorite in Discworld, though. Like, because because death is such a constant character, and he—he he just seems so confused by humanity. But he wants much to, like myself. But he wants <laughs> to be. He, he wants. But to he be wants to be human. Much like are. myself. <laughs> So, uh, thoughts thoughts on the pack? Yeah, uh, my favorite definitely the Mexican one. Uh, then followed by the the dry hop, then the session, and the latte was dead last because it's too sweet. Uh, yeah. Copy paste. <laughs> I I'm gonna have the Mexican and the dry hop kind of tied. I actually think they are. That's fair. I can't really decide which one I like more. Uh, and then... <sighs> yeah, I think the latte is just a little bit better than the session, because hmm. the session just... You guys had different thoughts on the session than I did, so that's, I mean, that's fair. Yeah, the session just is just kind of weak. It's a session. 
like it's you, weak on ABV, but it's also weak on flavor. You yeah. can do a session without like the adding the lactose didn't help it. No, yeah. I that's and that's what got me on on yeah. Honestly, um, when it comes to the dry hop one, the only thing that kept it from not being my top is the thin body. Mm. Overall, I'm I'm just not that excited about this whole patch. Their smash pack that we had on that video episode a while back was great, but this is just kind of. <laughs> I was excited because all these beers are only available in this pack or from the tap room on the Stout Bout Day. But <sighs> I mean, fifty percent of them are pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Then when you look at it like that, yeah. There you go. All right. All right. Well, I think that's gonna wrap us up. It's gonna wrap us up. I think what we really come down to here is that you should read more Discworld books. <laughs> yes. No one in particular. Just everyone. You. Anyone who can hear my voice. You. you can hear my voice. You should go and download or buy or whatever you need to do and the next to get Terry Pratchett books. Real quick, that's uh, what makes the miniseries also work really well is because Death doesn't have to speak. So that they're able to put the big fake mask on somebody and it not look cheesy because the mouth doesn't move. Because in the books, his mouth doesn't move. You just hear the voice inside your own skull. You, he, yeah, you don't hear a sound. You just... Know that a statement has been made in all caps. <laughs> but yeah, uh, let's go ahead and wrap up the show. Uh, so don't forget, you can subscribe and get some great resources at haveadrinkshow.com, or you can follow us at haveadrinkshow on social media uh, and at twitch.tv. You can also tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. You can use the email address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com or just use the general uh, feedback page on the website. All joking and fun aside, I'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly and uh, just try and spare the oh god of hangovers. <laughs> uh, oh god. Oh god. I'm going to be sick. Oh, don't say that. Um... <laughs> Don't say it like that. Uh, yeah, so um, I was going to say check us out again for our next episode, but our next episode is going to be uh, the New Year's Eve streamathon. Uh, as of right now, we had a time slot, but that is now up in the air. Some scheduling stuff has come up, so. Um, we will be on the streamathon. Yes. It's just a matter of whether it's 9 or 10. Yeah, basically. So uh, once we get that confirmed, we will make sure to tweet that out and get it posted everywhere just to make sure everybody, everybody knows. Uh, so, we will see you guys New Year's Eve for uh, live stream is on. And uh, once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> <laughs>